0: not, I did, was not intending to do a Valentine's message today. I was actually studying the uh, most evil king in Israel's history. I was really, that's what I really thought, because uh, his story had a twist at the end of his, at the end of his uh, story. There's a twist there. And so I, I had to study that. But as I began to study this uh, story, I'm like, you know what? This is does have some good relational information so as always you know I might be referring to spouses and, and things like that but this is these, these principles apply to all of our relationships every relationship that we have so if you're married or not married you know this is an important day for you uh, and it's a good day to be here to receive from God to build you up to make you stronger well kind of to get into the uh, love mode. I'll read this story to you really quick. A young couple decided to wed. As the big day approached, they grew apprehensive. Each had a problem they had never before shared with anyone, not even each other. The groom-to-be, overcoming his fear, decided to ask his father for advice. Father, he said, I'm deeply concerned about the success of my marriage. I love my fiancé very much, but you see I have very smelly feet. And I'm afraid that my future wife will, put, will be put off by them. No problem, said Dad. All you have to do is wash your feet as often as possible and always wear socks, even to bed. Well, to him, this seemed like a workable situation. The bride-to-be overcoming her fear decided to take her problem with her mom. Mom, she said, I wake up in the morning, my breath is truly awful. Honey... Mom began to console her. Everyone has bad breath in the morning. No, you don't understand. My morning breath is so bad. I'm afraid that my new husband will not want to sleep in the same room with me. Her mother said simply, try this in the morning. Get out straight out of bed. Head for the bathroom. Brush your teeth. The key is not to say a word before before brushing your teeth. So her mother affirmed her, and she thought, this will certainly be worth a try. The loving couple was finally married in a beautiful ceremony. Not forgetting the advice each had received, he with his perpetual socks and she with her morning silence, they managed quite well. That is, after six months later, shortly before dawn, the husband woke up to find that one of his socks had come off. Fearful of the consequences, he frantically searched the bed. It's the course woke his bride without thinking, she immediately said, What on earth are you doing? Oh no, he gasped. All of a sudden in shock, he swallowed my sock. That joke stinks, I won't share it again. (laughs) All right, if they're not laughing a lot, skip the next two jokes, go to the sermon. All right, let's go to the sermon this morning. We'll skip the other two and uh, call it good there. I wanted to share this story about the most wicked king of Israel because in this story, as I just shared with you, I believe there is some good principles. Now, most of the principles they're going to share with us is what not to do, not what not to do in a relationship, what not to do in a marriage, how to be a better person by not following Ahab and Jezebel. Now, I, this is the story where I think Ahab gets the title, the most wicked king of Israel. So, in 1 Kings chapter 21, let's pick it up in verse 1, says, Now there was a man named Naboth from Jezreel. He owned a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. One day Ahab said to Naboth, Since your vineyard is so convenient to my palace, I would like to buy it to use it as a vegetable garden. I will give you a better vineyard in exchange for or if you prefer, I'll pay for it. I'll pay you for it. But Naboth replied, "The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance that was passed down by my ancestors." Well, sticking with this Valentine's Day theme, how many of you ever wrote a letter to somebody that you like that said, "Circle yes or no if you want to go out with me," and you got it brought back no? Who's bold enough to say I got back no? Oh, I, Pastor Mark. Well, good thing it wasn't Courtney. <laughs> You know, it, oh, was you? It, well, okay, the first the first try. He is a man that if you don't, you know, at first you don't succeed, you try, you try again. And so here they are today. Well, I think it's just good to remember again saying, thank you, God, that that person circled no because the person you are with now is the person that you needed to be with. Well, Ahab wrote Naboth a, a letter with the question of, can I buy your vineyard, yes or no, and Naboth circled a big no. Boy, that's a guts. I mean, he was the king of Israel. He was the man in power. He had lots of lots of resources. He what a friend to have, to have the friend, to have the king of Israel to be your friend. And what better way to make friends with somebody than to give them a gift? And yet Naboth said. Because Naboth was committed to the laws of Moses. He had received this property from his family. And so he did not have the right to give that property to anybody outside of his family. And so he told King Ahab no because he was committed. He was committed to obeying God's commandments in his life. Now, without looking again, let me ask you this question. This is a listening comprehension test. Why did Naboth, I mean, why did Ahab ask Naboth for that property? Mm, Why did did he want that piece of property? Uh oh. Uh oh, a lot of C minuses in there. What's that? Convenience. He wanted it because it was convenient. Your, Your vineyard is right next door to me. It would be so convenient to have that piece of property. And that is what made Ahab so wicked, that he bypassed the laws of God for the sake of convenience. And I have to tell you today, one thought here was dealing with relationships. Convenience can destroy relationships. Not that convenience will destroy, but convenience can destroy relationships. When I do premarital counseling with a couple, I make sure I help them to understand that, you know, everything in your dating stage right now is very convenient. Where you go out to eat, what you do. I mean, everything is just convenient. I mean, ladies, you remember when you asked your, your, your spouse, before they were your spouse, and you were dating, hey, Can after we go out to eat, honey, can we grab some ice cream? And what was the response? Yes, baby. Uh, we we can do that after we spend all this money here. We will go out and get ice cream, and then we'll go to the park and we'll walk around the park and we will skip rocks on the pond, sweetheart. Oh, I can't wait for this time. Now, when you ask, honey, can we go get some ice cream, sweetie? You used up all your car points during during dinner. You know. It's not going to work. You don't have any more points left. And don't worry, we have some ice cream left over from Johnny's birthday party. Let's just go home. Or how about guys, remember this, you know, when you were like, sweetie, will you watch the Super Bowl with me? Oh, yes, baby. I will watch that with you. And here's what I'll do. While you are watching the four-hour, six-hour pregame show, I'll start to make all your favorite treats for you and your friend. And then we'll watch the game together. And while you're watching the three-hour postgame show, sweetie, I will clean the kitchen up. And the women are like, I never did that. <laughs> Tara, you set the bar high. You know That's what, that's what she did. You know... And and now, men, you know, we, we ask our wives, hey, can we watch the Super Bowl? And they're like, are you crazy? Have you looked at the garage? Have you seen what that garage looks like? You can watch the Super Bowl for two minutes and then DVR it. And tomorrow, before work, while you're mopping the kitchen, you can watch it. And don't forget, the dog needs his shots. The kids need to get their homework done before they leave. And could you please look at the printer? How many of you men get multiple tasks at one time? Am I the only one? Okay, and all the men are like, don't move an <laughs> inch. Stay put. Don't blink an eye. Okay, I'm the only one that gets multiple tasks all at once. All right, that's good.
1: All right, I am going to get
0: myself in trouble today, Yes, We cannot expect everything to be convenient. Everything is not going to always be on our schedule. Friendships and relationships are built out of inconvenience. I can tell you the people who have helped me in my life and I remember them because they were there when I needed them and it wasn't convenient. Those people that you can count on, you love them because you know you can call them up because it's going to be inconvenient, but you know they're going to help you. Inconvenience, that's what builds relationships. That's what makes it strong. That's what makes them lasting. That's what builds trust in our life. we have to be aware of that today. So, guys, today, ask your wife if it's okay to watch the Super Bowl and see what she says. Try this principle out. Say, honey, I know this is not convenient, but can I please watch the Super Bowl? Well, how did I do, guys? Did I do good? Wasn't that convenient? No, I'm kidding. I wasn't trying to use leverage today. Let's go back to the story. Uh, So, verse 4 This is where Ahab and Jezebel actually give us a good picture of marriage, a good picture of a relationship that we can have with friends and co-workers. Verse 4 says, So Ahab, after he was shut down by Naboth, Ahab went home angry and sullen because of Naboth's answer. The king went to bed with his face to the wall and refused to eat. What's the matter? His wife Jezebel asked him. What's made you so upset that you're not eating? I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he refused. Ahab told her, are you the king of Israel or not? Jezebel demanded, get up, eat something and don't worry about it. I'll get you Naboth's vineyard. Now, the first three verses there, four through six, that is a good picture of a relationship. So let's just focus for a moment there. Here is, here is Ahab, and he is struggling. He is having a bad day, and a, his wonderful spouse, Jezma, walks in and notices his pain and begins to ask him questions. I think we need to always have this principle in our life. We need to seek to understand each other's pain. I think we get busy in life. I think we're always rushing. I think we have a lot on our mind. I think we have a lot of pain that we're dealing with that we don't take the time to seek out somebody else's pain. Why are they struggling? Why don't they look happy today? What can I do to help them? And so Jezebel did that. She was a good spouse. She sought out to understand why Ahab was having a bad day, and I think we should do that. And then Ahab, in response, does what we need to do better a better job at. He responds by being transparent And honest. We need to be transparent and honest with each other. And that's exactly what Ahab did. He said, You know what? This is what happened today. I really want to be a part of a family. I really want to be a part of a church that you know what? When we ask each other, how are you doing? It's not just good or fine. And you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be guilty of that. So help me. You know, cry a little bit more. We just get so in routines and we get we get into uh, ruts, and we, we get into autopilot too many times. If we're going to build relationships, let's be open. Let's be honest. Now, even with strangers, I know we, we're not going to spill guts with strangers. How are you doing? Oh, you don't even know. Let me tell you. No, but we can, we can think. We can have a good conversation, even with a stranger, of how are you doing? And sometimes I don't respond to that because I don't have a good answer to that, but I've got to work at it, and I'm somebody that needs to work at it for sure. And I, I am, I hate to say it, but, you know, I know Alexandra, she, we're working with her because she can get shy. And she gets that from me. And sometimes I get shy. And I don't always have something to say. And I'm like, oh, man, I just, I wish I had something to say. But we can all take the time, we can all take the time and be transparent and being honest. Obviously, in our marriage, we need to be that. We need to share. We need to open up. And so that's what Ahab and Jezebel were doing. They were giving us a good picture of a relationship. One person asking questions, the other person answering those questions with depth to those questions. But then it all goes bad after that. Because Jezebel came up with an evil plan to solve Ahab's problem. And she devises a plan to kill kill and murder Naboth. And he's going to And the plan works. And in verse 15, we're going to pick up the story because in verse 15, it says, As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, Get up, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, that he refused to sell you. He is no longer alive, but dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up, went down to take possession of Naboth's vineyard. What a sad, another sad, sad and devastating story of an individual who had great power and abused it. And let me encourage you today in all of our relationships, don't abuse your power. Use it to serve Now, I'm not worried about anybody here or online thinking about taking anybody's life, that you have this great power and you're going to use it, even if it means taking somebody's life. But the focus here to this point is using your power to serve. You have been given power to serve people. You've been given that title so that you can help people. You've been given that position so that that God can use you to be his hands and feet. You've been given wealth, and you've been given resources. And it's not just for you. It's so that you can be a blessing to other people, so that you can use it to serve people. That's one of the reasons why I'll talk just for a brief moment about tithing and why that is so important in our lives is because we, it's a biblical principle. It's a biblical principle that helps us to recognize that God, you are in control of my life and I want to be just like you. I want to give. And one of the hardest things for us to give is our money, but I've lived my life on 90% of that and, and less than that. Because Sarah and I have been committed to missions all of those years, and I share my life with you to say I'm not preaching anything that I'm not living. And since the moment I had a newspaper route, $12 a month, and I gave a dollar twenty, my parents taught me to give. To this day, I continue to tithe. Because it helps me to understand that what I receive is not just for me. But what I receive is to be used to help others, to be a blessing to others. I can use the power that I receive to serve other people. You've been given a blessing in a marriage. You've been given a blessing to have friends. Use that to serve other people. We need to serve them. And when you have two people trying to outserve each other, when you have two people that are saying, hey, no, I'm going to serve you, no, I'm going to serve you, no, no. Today is my day to serve you. No, no. I want to do two days in a row. I'm going to serve you today. You are going to be blessed. You're not going to have time to complain. You're not going to have time to look at problems in life. Why? Because you are looking for ways to serve each other. How can I see? I could I could complain right now, but instead of complaining, I'm going to serve my spouse by trying to figure out what I can do to help. And I'm glad God help me. I'm getting there, but God, continue to help me to be somebody that when I see something that I don't like, may I come up with a solution. May I offer that. And then sometimes, man, we just need to just just give hugs to We don't always need to come up with solutions either. The point is, is that we're willing to serve. And here was Ahab and Jezebel. They used their power through manipulation. So let me give you another point. Don't manipulate people. Honor them. Don't manipulate people. We have to honor them. And again, not worried about anybody manipulating and having this crazy plan to manipulate somebody and stealing their property. I don't have that concern today. But all of us need to say, Lord, is there any, any form of manipulation in my life? Is, is there anything in my life that I am trying to use people to my advantage Am I trying to use somebody to get something for me? Is there any form of that in our life? And you've got to think about that. You've got to just ask ourselves that. I just have to tell you, nobody's above that thought. Nobody's above thinking to my, to yourself, am I using my power? Am I trying to use people? Here's one way to, to test this out. And it goes back to one of my points I, I just shared a little bit ago. Have a conversation with somebody you don't know. Have a conversation with somebody you don't know. Because are you just using people because, you know, they're your friend and you like talking to them or you you like being around them? Or do you really honor all people? And if you really honor all people, then we should be able to have a conversation even with a stranger. And I'm preaching to myself this morning, and I had to put this in practice a couple weeks ago, here's here's another challenge uh, for you. A couple of, uh, Last month, um, my my barber hairstylist was sick, and so I had to go to somebody else. Now, I've been getting the same haircut since sixth grade. And I, you could say I'm in a rut, but, you know, if it's not broke, why well, fix it? So I've been doing the same haircut. So I know when I'm going to get a bad haircut. I mean, it just takes me two minutes. I know this is going to be a bad haircut. That's why I stick to one person. But I had to go to somebody else, and I went to somebody else, and within two minutes, I realized, this is going to be bad. This is not going to be good. And I kept telling myself, okay, this is going to be a bad haircut. So there is a reason why I'm going to get a bad haircut, and I'm going to say, Lord, just help me. Help me to have a good conversation. And sure enough, we got to talking about God. And I walked out of that place with a bad haircut, but a heart filled with peace and joy. I'm like, yes, it was worth it. Getting a bad haircut and tear. Then I come home and start fixing it in, in the in the bathroom. I, I got my little razor out and did my, my little work in. But I survived. But the point is, is you know, we get so fixated on ourselves We don't think about the other person. Are we honoring people? Are we honoring all people? Do we have that mindset, have that mindset, I'm not going to manipulate people, I am going to honor them. Now, what Jezebel did is she dishonored Ahab by bringing his kingship down to to the gutter. She brought this man that had a great position, and she brought him down. Whoa, she dishonored her husband, by bringing this, this evil plan to fruition so that he participated in as well. So let me encourage you, don't enable people, encourage them to be godly. I didn't just say your spouse, but don't enable people altogether. Let's encourage people to be godly. As soon as Jezebel saw what Ahab, why he had that pain, she should have corrected him. It says, well, Ahab, you have plenty of vineyards. You have plenty of resources. You cannot take this man's property. She should have corrected him. Instead, she enabled him. I believe a spouse needs to be like a boxing coach. We want to bring the best out of our spouse. We want to bring the best out of that person. Jezebel was bringing the worst out of Ahab. She was cultivating that sinful nature. She was cultivating that selfishness. She was exactly the opposite of what a spouse needs to be, of what a friend needs to be. But we should be like a boxing coach sometimes. And we we need to encourage them. We need to say, hey, this this is who you are. This is what you're good at. Let me help you to be good at it. And when you're not being that good person, when you're not obeying God's commandments, when you're not being godly, in love, in love you help them. You do correct them. You do correct friends. If you have a friend that brings correction into your life, you better hold on to them. You better hold tight to them, because that is a true friend. I've always believed a true sign of friendship is when we hold each other accountable. When I can speak into your life, and you can speak into my life, there's a two-way road that we share with each other. To me, that's true friendship. That's the kind of friendship I want. And when we're doing that in love, when we're doing that because I want to bring the best out of you, we're going to be blessed. And so you got to have the other side of that coin, is if you're encouraging them to be godly, then you need to embrace accountability. We have to embrace that. Ahab was somebody that did not embrace, uh, embrace accountability. There's another story about Ahab. He was going to war, and the uh, king of Judah was going to go with him. And I'm going to share that story uh, the next uh, week. And uh, But Ahab wanted... Uh, Ju- uh, the Jehoshaphat wanted to bring in and seek God's counsel. And he said, hey, we need to bring somebody in to help us. And Ahab said, I'm going to bring some people in. And, and the king said, wait a minute, they're not telling us what we need to hear. We need to hear the truth. And Ahab said, well, there's this other guy that I don't like what he has to say. And that's a bad spirit to have. That's a bad characteristic to have. Just because somebody says something to us that we don't like, doesn't mean we push them out of our life. We should bring them into our life. We should embrace accountability. And here it is. The here's the end of the story. Here, so God obviously, the Bible says that you can. God will not be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. Ahab and Jezebel sowed great pain and and evil and sin in their life, and so God had a response. God had a had some judgment to come against against um, against Ahab, and so in 1 Kings chapter twenty one verse twenty one, uh, through the prophet Elijah, Elijah said to Ahab, he says, "I am going to bring disaster on you. I will wipe out your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free." And here is the twist, verse twenty seven. 1 Kings 21, verse 27 says, When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went around meekly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day, but I will bring it. Into his out uh, to his house in the days of his son, Ahab repented of his sin, and God, God received that repentance, and He was merciful. He was merciful to Ahab. I want to first of all say to you that there's no person so far gone that God will not touch their life. No person, Can we honor all people. Yes, we can honor all people, even the people we don't like. (laughs) We love them. I don't like what they're doing, or I don't like what they're saying, or I don't like what they stand for. We can still honor all people. If God can honor Ahab, who had taken a man's life, who had ridiculously sinned against God by stealing a man's property and killing him, then you and I can love one another. You and I can honor one another. What America needs are people who are willing to honor all people. Whether you agree with them or you don't agree with them, you honor them and you love them and you're willing to serve them today. Let me encourage you to do that. Let me encourage you today to be somebody I'm going to honor people. I'm going to love them. If God can honor Ahab, I can honor anybody. I can love anybody. Because the reality is, I'm just as bad as Ahab. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You and I do not have permission to look at Ahab and say, Oh, he is filthy. He deserves it, God. He deserves that punishment. Yeah, wipe him out. No, God has permission to say that. You and I, we don't have permission to say that. We don't have permission to send anybody to hell. We don't have permission to curse anybody. We don't have have the permission. We don't have the power. We don't have the clout. We don't have the experience. We don't have the history to cast a stone at anyone. But God has given us the privilege. God has given us the responsibility to honor all people. Let's honor people. Let's love them, no matter what they have done. And then look at this idea, humility. Ahab humbled himself. He humbled himself. He repented. I want to encourage you today. The greatest gift that we can give people that we love is the willingness to change, is the willingness to grow. If we are in our relationships and we, and we have this attitude about us that I've, I've got it figured out, There's nothing I I can learn from you. There's nothing that I need from you. Isn't it a blessing that I'm in your life? That is not how God wants us to function. I know I am here. God has brought me to this church so I can learn from you. And I gladly do that. I gladly receive from you. And I pray and I hope that you find that to be true in your life. That together you can, that I'm learning from you and you can learn from me. Every person in our life we can learn from. If we can learn from Ahab and Jezebel, we can learn from anybody. We can learn from them. And we can be willing to change. We can be willing to be challenged. We can be willing to say, God, how can I grow? How can I be a better servant? How can I be a, a better listener? And listen to people and listen to their pain being willing to change. I'm willing to grow. I don't have it all figured out. And here is the best part that I want to leave with you, is that Ahab did it because of judgment. It took judgment to wake up Ahab. It took his life being threatened. It took his life and his house being threatened that he finds, okay, God, okay, forgive me. And he was humbled through that. And because God is just, he still responded to Ahab. But today, you and I, we don't have to be a good person. We don't have to do good things because of judgment. We can do good things because of the love of God. Because he first loved us. I've always said this, too. I said, I don't, I don't want to have to. And I shared it with you a little bit of my story uh, last Sunday. I saw my brother and what he was doing in his life. And I said, and I looked at his, his life and I said, I don't want to. I don't want that. And I thank God that he helps me to live vicariously through other people's issues. And as I see things happening, as I see things unfolding, I say, I don't want that. So I pray you don't need God's judgment to come into your life to say, okay, I'm going to change. Okay, I'm going to be different. Okay, I'm going to talk different. Okay, I'll start going to church and I'll start going to a home group. Okay, I'm going to start reading my Bible hope it doesn't take that. But may we do things out of the love of God. Because I love him with all my heart. Because he first loved me. Because I am just like Ahab. When you realize that, when you realize you're no better than Ahab, oh man, no problem reading the word of God every day. No problem praying every day. No problem honoring other people. When you realize the people that, that uh, we want to get mad at, just remember, you're not better than that. We're all the same. We're all under God's mercy. We're all under God's grace. The same pronouncement of judgment that Ahab received, we have received. For the wages of sin is death. All have sinned. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. i invite the band to come back this morning. I pray that the love of God is filling your life. You've received a gift. You have been blessed. You're not a good person. God is good. And He allows you to do good things. And then His goodness can live through you. And we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that I can honor people. Thank you that I can serve people. Thank you that I can be filled with your love this morning. Oh, you're not a... I just pray that you have that spirit, that humility. That you're humbled this morning. That you're humbled to to be here today. You're humbled to be alive. You're humbled to have breath. You're humbled today to be a, a person that God can use to be a blessing to somebody else. Would you stand this morning as we we sing a, a song of consecration to the Lord, as we, we allow Him to just burden us with his, his Spirit now. Father, I pray that Your Spirit will begin to move on us. Almighty oh, God, We might have been looking at Ahab and saying, oh, what a bad example. Oh, what a despicable person. But Lord, we're no better than Ahab. We're all under your grace. We're all under your mercy. We all need the love of the Father. We come running to you, Lord. We come running to you. Help us, Lord. Help us to honor all people. Help us to love all people. Help us to serve. May there never be a sign of manipulation in our life. May there never be an ounce, oh God, of abuse of power in our life. Oh Jesus, may you fill us with your love this morning. As we worship.